Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. It's another After 9 Podcast and holy cow, do we ever have a lot to talk about today. Kat, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Very good, very good. Before we get into this, I want to do a public service announcement, and I'm going to do this as a loyal, diehard, lifelong Buffalo Bills fan. Y'all got to stop shitting on Detroit, because the Lions don't have a lot of nice things happening there, and this year they're in the playoffs, which is huge in itself, and they won the first one. They're going to be playing again this weekend. It's amazing how quickly it escalated, though. Lions playoff tickets for this weekend are the most expensive in the NFL and the most expensive for a divisional round ever. 550 bucks for standing room tickets, that's per ticket, $1,100 to sit in the worst available seat available. $1,100. Well, like you said, they don't get a lot of good things, and people will also travel. Uh, Football is one of those things people will travel for, so it doesn't surprise me when they can up the price, they're going to up the price, so fine. A lot of celebrities on football this weekend, which doesn't surprise me. Celebrities are slimy. Yes. They'll go to the Oscars or the Emmys or the People's Choice Awards or the SAGs or whatever just to try and get a little bit of attention. Well, nobody's watching award shows anymore. The ratings are in the toilet. So it seems like going to a football game is the best place to get that attention. You get exposure that way. What was it? 97 of the top 100 highest rated shows this season were NFL games. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. 97 out of 100. That's been actually pretty consistent. Like football cover football coverage in general and it's am- for me it's amazing football fans cuz I, I don't really I don't want to say I'm a football fan. I'm not. Like I don't hate it. I I watch it in the background. My husband watches it. So I've seen it and fine. Do I fully understand the game? No. Do I like to stop and start all the time? No. That's kind of why I don't watch it. However, however what I will say is the people, the, the fans, the hardcore fans, I don't know how you guys can watch so much coverage. You guys will watch like three hours of lead up plus the game is way too long, in my personal opinion. But then the game is like two and a half, three, three four sometimes hours, depending. And then you'll watch the after shit too. I mean, you're there all goddamn day. And they know that. And they and they they love taking your money for it. And you you love giving it, which is fine. The reason I think the guys watch the pregame is because they love to either be validated or they want to get angry. You want to hear those dipshit commentators, has-beens and never wases, and it's the same thing in hockey and basketball, by the way. You want to hear those has-beens and never wases either say something that you agree with about whatever player or whatever scenario, or you want them to say something so outrageous and stupid that you can shit on them to your friends or on social media. It's set up for emotion. It plays on your emotion, and God, it gets me every single time. I love it. Pump for this weekend. Bills and Chiefs. Lions are playing uh, Tampa Bay, which is going to be a great game. Did your husband look into tickets? Would he have gone if uh, they weren't $1,100 a ticket? I don't think he even looked into it, no. Hmm. Okay. I am going to Vegas, by the way. If the Bills make the Super Bowl, I made a promise. 
I am going to Las Vegas. I will not go to the game. I will just go to tailgate with the rest of Bill's Mafia. You just want to be in the presence. You just want to be in the vicinity. Yeah. Correct? I want to be there for the party up and down Las Vegas Boulevard after somebody wins. That's going to be huge. Yeah. The drone show that they're going to be doing in Vegas. The big, uh, what is that? Bubble, dome, the sphere. sphere. The sphere, yeah. That'll be great. <gasps> you got to go there if you go. I really want to. We'll talk to. about, listen, we won't get ahead of ourselves here. Hopefully they win and we'll discuss this further. One more thing while we're talking sports. There's a lot of attention this season, thanks to Taylor Swift, on Travis Kelsey. For those who don't know, his brother is arguably a much better football player. He's a center for the Philadelphia Eagles. And and there was talk that after Philadelphia got blown out by Tampa Bay on the weekend that he was going to retire. Apparently, he told his teammates, I just played my last ever NFL game. Now he's kind of walking that back. Listen to this. When it's time to officially announce, you know, what's happening in the future, uh, it'll be done in a, in, in a way that's, you know, definitive and and pays respect to a lot of people. There's a lot of emotion in the room, for sure. Um, so I don't know what the future, of, uh, you know, holds for anybody in that building right now. Huh. Uh, there's a longer clip if you want to see it. It's, it went viral on TikTok, too, because it actually took him a long time to even speak on it. Very emotional, as you could understand. A very emotional moment for him. Because, it, like you said, it seems like he's hinting like it might not be the end, but he, or he's struggling with whether or not it will be the end, or he's struggling with the fact he knows it is the end. But either way, he's not saying, which is very, like, Tom Brady-ish to me. I'm yeah. getting that vibe right now. <laughs> it's, uh, he probably did say something to his teammates. That was not misinformation when he apparently told his teammates that he was done after the game last Sunday. I think now he's just having second thoughts. The emotion of it all, right? You play for the whole season. You just barely squeak into the playoffs and you think, okay, playoffs is a brand new season. We can still go on and win the Super Bowl. And then you get blown out by a team you probably should have beat and have beat several times in the past. It's got to hurt. It's got to sting. It's got to be frustrating. So playoffs, baby. That's playoffs. Yeah, I understand where that came from. We uh, are going to move on from sports a little and go right to gambling, Cat. And we are going to talk healthcare in this episode, and we're going to talk about uh, business loans. We're going to talk about American fast food chains that are coming to Canada, some new ones, and a big deal that was signed yesterday in Toronto. First off, Ontario's sports betting industry continues to be a juggernaut. According to a new report from iGaming Ontario, Ontario's regulated betting market generated total revenue of $658 million in the third quarter alone. It's a 22% increase over the second quarter. Total wagers in the third quarter. Ontarians bet, in just 12 weeks, $17.2 billion. It's up 21%. In the third quarter, 12 weeks, 1.2 million player accounts were active, meaning people were either in, checking odds, or actually placing bets. It was under 1 million in the second quarter. So are people turning to gambling now because it's peaking? We're getting into football and, and, and the hockey playoffs will be coming up soon and the basketball playoffs. Is that what it is or are people broke trying to make money? Oh, maybe it's... Oh, I never thought about that one. Um, it's possible to mix of both. 
I know it's is that by the way just to be clear that's not just sports based right we're talking all gaming like we're talking slots online slots and things like that sports betting just sports betting yep. wow so I think about the people who do pools right there's a lot of people out there who'll do fantasy leagues pools and you have to pay to do that perhaps some of them, yeah some of them perhaps I mean it's always optional of course but like is it as fun when you're not betting money would be my question and for some people the answer is no so if the answer is no for you, this is kind of a way to have your own your own betting. And if you can win money or you think you're good at it or maybe you leave the pools that you're in with people who are organizing it and you and you do that instead. It's also the convenience, Scott. I mean, the convenience. I, I've done stuff for Leo Vegas. Leo Vegas is run by MGM. Oh, yeah. And that's a Leo Vegas, Ontario. And it's so easy. I'd say like the convenience and the ease of it. It's so simple to use. And I think that's another thing, too. They don't complicate it. It's just like bet on here. How much do you want to bet? Here's your odds. Right. So if it's that easy and at your fingertips, I think that it's not surprising that even people who probably were never into sports betting. I mean, I have access to it. I've never sport. I've never done sports betting, but I have access to it. And maybe I throw in a couple bucks if I'm happy to be watching a game or someone tells me something about a game. And I think, okay. so I think convenience and ease now it's just there. I have so far managed to duck it. I have not placed any legal bets on any sporting events since it became legal in Ontario. Having said that, it's getting harder and harder to fight the urge. I mean, when they come up with the updated odds at uh, between the first and second period in a hockey game and you can slap down 10 bucks on the outcome there with odds that are in real time, yeah, that's tempting, Cat. Sure. It's real tempting. Yeah. I'm not surprised people do it. Uh, one reason that I wanted to bring this up is not just because of the amount of revenue that it's bringing in. Obviously, this is popular. What is there, 17 million people in Ontario and 1 million of them? Over a million placed a bet in the last 12 weeks. Wild. But advertising is a problem here. We have a real problem with advertising in Ontario and in Canada. And I'll tell you why. Cabinet, federally, is going to soon detail draft regulations. It'll happen this spring to impose a billion-dollar ban on food advertising to children on TV and on the Internet. In other words, no more Will McDonald's be able to run a commercial for Happy Meals in Ontario, sorry, in Canada? No more will you be able to run an ad for... Uh, I, I think about the cereals, the sugary cereals. Maybe they, that'll Those be always got me as a kid, right? Who yeah. else was it? Who else was targeted, right? Well, they say it's to protect the children. Well, let's talk about hypocrisy for a second here because yeah. these gambling ads, not necessarily aimed at children, but certainly appealing. We have got ads trying to get people to spend money they don't have on just about everything, but they're going to go after the fucking Happy Meal ads on television. It's ridiculous to me. Cannabis stores cannot advertise. Liquor companies can advertise all they want, and they do. Yeah. Why are things so hypocritical in this country? It's no, There's no fairness. There's no fairness there. I don't know why this advertising ban would happen the way it is. Again, the regulations won't be unveiled until spring, but this is what we're being told here. Whatever happened to let parents make the decisions? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I was targeted by ads when I was a kid. You were targeted by ads yeah, when you were a I kid. Yeah, and I still wasn't allowed to eat half the shit that they put all over the cartoon networks. You know what I mean? The trick cereals and stuff. Like, we were not allowed that. It would be a really special treat. Maybe it was our birthday or something, and they'd be like, here's Count Chocula. Like, I never got to eat it. That was, again, at parents' discretion. It's my discretion having two kids now, what I allow them to have and don't allow them to have. I completely agree with you on that. You could show them all you want. What? What is the? I don't understand what the point is of it. 
I don't understand what the point of not having it on television is. Like, it, to, to make who feel better. Yeah, to make you know, who feel personal. better. It's personal. Like, to me, this is always just projection. It's always just seems to be projection to me. And I, I don't know the re- the real reasoning behind it. I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't either, to be honest with you. And like I said, it is a billion dollar ban, meaning a billion less dollars going to social media companies, broadcasters, newspapers, anywhere where you can advertise. It is a billion dollar ban. Really, it's par for the course with this government, though. They're all about it. They love to take stuff away that they don't want you to see, whether it's virtue signaling or because they really don't want us to know what they're up to. In this case, I think it's got to be the virtue signaling or some lobbyist paid them off huge to try and get this ban in. I don't get it. I don't see who it appeals to, but I know that there's a lot of advertising out there that is preying on people that are vulnerable. It's preying on people who are probably least likely in a position to make a decision. The sports gambling thing, especially, has got to be top of mind. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about banning ads for a Happy Meal or uh, the Big King meal at Burger King because kids might want a Happy Meal, but you're not going to ban advertising for all the alcohol and gambling and stuff, which is dominating, what are we really doing here? I, I don't understand it. There shouldn't be any bans on any advertising unless the product itself is illegal. And don't even get me started on the amount of drugs that are being advertised on television. From Ozempic to everything else. Yes, there's a ton of them. Well, the States is way worse than here in Canada. You watch TV in the States and holy shit, it's every, or just get a signal from the States. It's every other spot. It's like, get this. You don't even know what it's for half the time. It's every other commercial is for something. And you have to like Google it to even figure out what it is because they do have restrictions on what they can show, what they can say and not say. So it's just someone like playing football in the front field with their kid. And you're like, what the fuck is this for? Is this for like boner pills or headache medicine? I can't even fucking tell what it is, but there's so many ads for them. And they're getting more and more in depth too. There's people singing and dancing and birds chirping and all sorts of shit. And that's not even the Viagra ads. That's that's like the Ozempic or something like that. You know, it's amazing to me that they can put out these ads for drugs, which you can't even get unless your doctor prescribes them. Yeah. I don't know why we would need ads for drugs unless drug companies really want to inject money into the media for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. It it just doesn't make any sense. There seems to be the Wild West there, but we're going to get real nitpicky about an ad for... I don't know, a new play place that opens up in your town won't be able to advertise if it's targeted at kids. Yeah. Well, actually, no, this is specifically on food, but where do we yeah. draw the line? Yeah, I, I have no problem with like rules and regs on them. Like, for example, with alcohol, it, there's so many rules on what you can actually show or not show, um, you know, and I've done some influencer stuff before. And that's when I learned a lot about it. Like I couldn't even put anything to my lips. Because you're not even allowed to do that in advertising, at least here. Um, I'm not sure what the rules are in the States when it comes to alcohol. There's certain rules and regs. And you know what? Some of them just, fine. I guess for them, they make sense. But at least they're still able to advertise. Why, why wouldn't they start there with like some rules and regs on it first? Like, I don't know what that rule and what the rules and regs would be. But, but I mean, I agree with you from the top. It's up to the adults. The adults of the parents of these children are the ones that should be making the decision. So why are we targeting kids as if they're the ones making decisions? We know a lot of adults are pushovers. Is that what they're trying to say? You guys are far too much of pushovers. You'll let your kids have all this um, sugary cereals and actually bad for you yogurts and fast food. You'll let them do all that. So we're going to have to parent for you, basically. Right. But if you don't mind, please watch this ad for... I don't know, yeah, uh, cool it, bet and make sure you drop some wagers yeah. down.
Yeah, I know. It's a little twisted, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a lot of hypocrisy in advertising, and yeah. frankly, I don't understand why. Cat, today is the deadline, and it was not extended by the federal government, so businesses need to repay their pandemic loans by today in order to get the 20000 part forgiven. Essentially, it's a free $20,000. Hundreds of thousands of businesses and not-for-profits got the Canada Emergency Business Account loan of $60,000 during the pandemic. 20000 of that you didn't have to pay back if you paid back the 40000 by today. The deadline was extended twice. Businesses were saying, we're still not ready. We need more time to come up with that forty k. If they don't do it by today, they will have to pay it back over a three-year term with a 5% annual interest. So the theory is that a lot of businesses are going to go out of business. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe the Maybe the restaurant industry, it's Restaurants Canada and the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, we're calling for an extension here. Maybe they will go out of business, maybe they won't. One thing I would say is there was a compromise here. Maybe we didn't need to extend the deadline per se, but if these businesses go tits up, we're out 40 grand instead of 20. Actually, we're out the whole 60 if they go belly up. Right. And I'm wondering, was there no way here to really put the focus on recouping the money that we gave out. Because it seems like it's just one or the other. You're either going to repay it and you got 20 grand for free, or you're not going to repay it and we, the taxpayers, are out 60 grand. I thought that there would be a compromise here to at least try and get the 40 back, but apparently we're willing to just walk away from it based on principle and not wanting to compromise in Canada. The Ontario government, has taken the next step, and nobody can claim they didn't see this coming because we all saw this one coming. When they announced that they were going to expand surgeries and more testing into private clinics, we knew that that was just the beginning, and we're right. Uh, They've expanded what private clinics can do in the way of testing and procedures. Yesterday, the health minister came out and announced that starting this spring, the province will seek applications from clinics who want to provide more services, including more MRIs, CT scans, GI endoscopies, and orthopedic surgeries like knees and hips. Oh, wow. That's quite a bit. Jones says the expansion is going to allow more procedures to be performed and it will reduce wait times. Patients will never have to pay out of pocket. These are OHIP insured services. The government will pay. And yet people are still freaking out. For those who don't understand the outrage, I wanted to understand it myself. So I talked to a nurse yesterday and I said, what is the major concern here? And she said, well, it's twofold. Some people are afraid that the more we do in private clinics, the less we'll need the public system for. And eventually we won't have hospitals in every community that are community hospitals. We'll have a bunch of private hospitals. And I thought, well, what difference does that make to me? I don't care if the hospital that I go to is publicly owned or privately owned, as long as they take my OHIP card and get me the treatment Mm -hmm. I need in and out quick. That's all anybody wants. Just get it done and get it done quick. No charge to the taxpayer. We already pay for healthcare, by the way. If you're not sure how much you pay, just take a look at your next pay stub because a lot of that tax is going to healthcare costs in Canada. So I don't know if I accept that argument. The one that I do understand, though, is staffing. These private clinics are appealing. As I understand it, 
Yeah. People would much rather work in a private clinic yes. that does MRIs or colonoscopies than work in the hustle and bustle of a hospital, which isn't necessarily the most fun place to work. No, not at all. I think that there's a lot of benefits to having the private as well. I see it in going through a couple of different things. My daughter having um, her surgery at a hospital. If, if it was an option, as long as it's obviously it's going to be safe. So I guess it goes without saying this is a st- sterile environments they need for these surgeries. All those things are very important. Sterile environment, proper setup, blah, blah. So you know that that's in place. For me, oh my gosh, I would much rather go to a a smaller place than have to enter the hospital. And you're also mixing a lot of people in there, right? I mean, we rolled past people with all kinds of different post-surgery situations and some of which I'm sure would have been happy. Some of those people who were just uh, just had surgery would have loved to have less people around and understandably. So they should be uh, reserved just for certain surgeries and other ones if they're able to do it. Yes. It's also a convenience factor. I mean, you think about all the places that you go to as a consumer and as a customer, you're going to go to your local one. You know, you're going to your local Tim Hortons. You're going to your local Starbucks. You're going to your local convenience store, whatever it is. So why not make it it go to your local hospital. Um, then the chances of, obviously, I think about the life-saving potential there too. I don't know if they'd have ERs. I'm not sure if that was something that was discussed or not. But if I know that it's around the corner, I mean, that could be a life-saving thing rather than having to truck across. Usually it's downtown, right? What a fucking gong show that is to drive down to. So if you're in an emergency situation and you're able to drive, that's also a factor that we have to consider. Parking's a fucking gong show. Obviously, emergency is a totally different thing. You can, you can pull right up there and that's exactly what it's for. But there's so many downsides to being at a hospital that for me, I mean, I'm interested. Like you said, as long as the OHIP card is, as long as you take my shit, I'm totally interested. I'm in. Maybe we can be more picky choosy then. Maybe I don't have to go with whoever's on at that time. I go in at 2 a.m. I'm stuck with whatever doctor this is. Hey, maybe I know that this one's going to be a little bit better for me and I know who's going to be there. If you're someone who who goes off it enough, who's in that situation where they're going to get a surgery because there's pre-op appointments and all that other shit that goes with it. I, uh... I, I'm sympathetic to people who are skeptical. I, I I know there's people out there that hear this and they're worried that, oh, no, we're going to have the American healthcare system soon. That's not what this is. There are individuals who decided they wanted to open a business. They have some experience in healthcare, And if they wanted to make that investment privately with their own money or their own sourced money to buy an MRI machine, what do you care? Go to there. It's probably going to be easier to get in and out of, like Kat said. You're not going to pay for it, just like you wouldn't pay for it at the hospital. This is a good thing. You want to get in and get your diagnostics done as quickly as possible. Now, the system isn't perfect. I have to go, or had to go for a, it was an x-ray. And I went to a private clinic to get the x-ray done. The only thing that I thought was inconvenient was when the hospital wanted a copy of the x-ray, I had to go to that clinic and get a CD of the x-ray and drive it to the hospital. It's 2024. Like, how effed up is that? It is. And that's not even a a hospital healthcare problem. That's just stupid people that haven't figured out the technology yet. I don't Is it that or is it the privacy thing? Because I know we've heard from people in healthcare that are like, it's a privacy issue. I don't think it is. Do you give a shit who sees your ankle? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, I don't give a shit. I'm more worried about the hospital getting hacked like so many other government-run institutions are lately than I am about somebody seeing a copy of my broken fucking ankle. I don't give a shit. It's an x-ray. Who cares? But anyway, I don't think this is something everybody needs to be afraid of. You keep hearing the doom and gloom and scare tactics from those who, who probably the ones who are making way too much money from the public sector anyway. Stop listening to that nonsense. At the end of the day, as long as you don't have to pay, 
What do you care where it gets done? Whether it's a private clinic or a publicly funded clinic. And by the way, one of the things you're going to notice when you do inevitably go to a private clinic is they're nice. It is a business and they treat it like a business. There is good people working there that are qualified. Some of them left the private sector to go and work at these private clinics. That's the only part of this that worries me is we still need nurses in hospitals. Yes, we do. And if they all migrate to the private sector for greener pastures, if that's the case, then we're going to be in a real shit situation in the hospitals. But they keep telling us we're recruiting nurses. I just heard a commercial today. We've hired more nurses than ever before. So I'm guessing there's... No, there must be an issue. Wait times in ERs right now. I heard yesterday that if you go to the ER, it can be upwards of 48 hours before you get a bed in the ER. 48 hours, two days. That's not right. It's not right at all. But it's proof that our current system is not working and we need to expand. The word the government is using is innovate. And I don't know how innovative this is. To me, it's not rocket science. We've got all these hospitals that are publicly funded and always will be. And then we've got private clinics opening up. And as long as the government pays the bill to the private clinics so we don't have to, what do we care? Just get us the health care we need and Mm -hmm. everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon MGM (laughs) Studios is setting up a production hub at Pinewood Studios in Etobicoke, Toronto, for those who don't know. It's part of a multi-year plan to expand its Canadian footprint. The multi-year agreement involves plans to take the company for the company to take over five new state-of-the-art sound stages and office space totaling nearly 15,000 square meters. Great news for the GTHA film, television, and acting community. And don't forget that goes hand-in-hand. Hand. I mean, not not necessarily in business, but with the announcement that we already had. Was it early last year that we learned about Maximum Effort being... That's Ryan Reynolds' production company, for those who don't know. Taking over a massive massive spot in Markham. So a lot more can, films are, are going to be happening here. Production, that means jobs. I know there's a lot of people who are, uh, whether you're involved behind the scenes or even like actors, you're thrilled about it because close to home means you're more likely to get it. There's less likely people from the States that are going to come here to go for the smaller rules. So I think it's good news across the board. It is. There's um. Uh, a lot of new rules that have changed over the last two or three years that require companies like Amazon and Netflix and Crave. Well, Crave already does. It's Canadian. But they have to carry now a certain amount of Canadian content. Well, you can define Canadian content in television terms very, very differently. The fact that it's filmed in Toronto makes it Canadian content. So they could be coming in to film the next Sopranos or the next Secession. And if it's filmed in Toronto it would count as Canadian content. So they're going to get around the rules just by doing that in some ways, but they're also going to hire a lot of people, and that's good. We want people coming here, and I don't blame them. It's cheap. Apparently, Hollywood has discovered what so many have yet to realize. You get an extra 25 cents on every dollar you spend Mm -hmm. here. Plus, I would bet dollars to donuts that we offer them a shit ton of tax breaks and incentives to set up shop in Toronto. Absolutely, we did. It's easy to get in and out of, generally speaking, not traffic, I mean air travel. 
when that maybe it's not that easy to get in and out of. It's cheap. Put it that way. It's cheap. It's cheap. I don't and think that's the, why they like I it. I don't even think necessarily the studios in like Hollywood are that great and easy to get into either. That said, so yeah, I don't Hollywood know. traffic's bad. But whatever, it doesn't matter. We're talking about a, a lot, like I said, a lot of jobs close to home, which I love. How big is this uh, studio going to be? 15,000 square meters. It's five different sound stages, meaning they could do at least five different productions at one time. And that's on top of the 1.2 million square foot studio. That I was talking about in Markham. So this is a lot of productions in Canada. That's great. Great news. Do they still put television shows on television? And I'm asking a little facetiously because it seems like anytime I want to watch TV at night and chill before I go to bed, game shows. Every fucking channel. From like 7 till 8 o'clock, there's no actual new TV programming on. It's Price is Right at Night, Wheel of Fortune at Night, yeah. Here's a Repeat of the Family Feud. It's nonstop game shows. And I know that they kind of needed that content during the actors and writers strike because there was no new productions coming out. But I don't think it's going away. And Price is Right at Night is great. They gave away a Land Rover last night and $20,000 <laughs> cash. You don't get that shit on the 11 a.m. version. That's great you watch that. I don't. I, I've never, I never watch game shows anymore. I used to watch game shows. I, I don't watch them anymore as much. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's your television shows, but you're right about the strike. It is halting things. Like, I think about the only shows, there's only a couple shows I watch on, on television now. And that's the Big Brothers, which are on Global, and they're fantastic, whether it's Canada, U.S., uh, the, the new weird reindeer games one that they had. I watch them all. I love them. I love the reality show shit. Um, and that, I guess, is considered it, but it's short form, right? And then Grey's Anatomy. I've been watching that since I was in high school. So I'm going to keep watching it for now, even though every every single season I'm disappointed because I'm just like, ugh. But that one's very delayed. That one's not going to come on until like the spring. It's going to be a short, short, short season because of the strike. So there are some shows out there, but you're right about it being delayed. There's not a lot of new shows. You could watch Law & Order, Special Victims Unit, 25 years today. This is the 25th season premiere tonight That's on this un- day. Unreal to me. Isn't that fucking crazy? There's some people who don't miss an episode, and that baffles my mind. That's a lot of, it's a lot of shit. For me, it's one of those shows you could just check in and check out anytime you want. I could watch tonight. Or I don't have to. I could watch the next week. It's all the same shit to me Mm because it's a brand new story basically every time except for the ones that kind of fall into each other. Anyway, yeah, so there are some out there. Yesterday, Samsung unveiled the Galaxy S24 lineup, and it's got a lot of new features, they say, that are powered by AI. First and foremost, the new Samsung phone, and Samsung has been on the forefront of photography. If you take a picture with a Galaxy and then you take a picture with an iPhone, You'll realize how shitty the camera on an iPhone is. Galaxy, I think, has been far and away ahead of Apple on that. And now there's another new camera on this one. It comes with a telephoto lens, so you can get right zoomed in on whatever it is you're taking a picture of. Then we get to the AI. It's going to have a feature called Interpreter. Live conversations instantly translated on a split screen. So if you're in, I don't know, Germany and you don't speak German, but you'd like to communicate with someone at a bus stop or a waiter or waitress, no problem. You just say what you want to say in English. It hears it and translates it to German for the person on the screen yeah. so they can read it. Isn't it incredible how quickly that happens? Does it say, just because I, 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 I do a lot of AI things, as you guys know, does it say what company that they have, have they partnered with? Samsung is using their own their own self-developed AI technology. Interesting, because there are multiple platforms now doing this. Yep, uh, they say they can. There's another feature called Chat Assist, which one of its features is it will ensure text communication sounds as it was intended. In other words, you could fire off a a nice text message to a coworker or your boss. 
this could actually caution you and say, whoa, coming in a little hot here. Maybe <laughs> here's a suggestion for how to say the same thing, but in a more business professional way. Or maybe grammatically correct. Does it also fix grammar and things like that? Absolutely. Great, it great, does. Great. Good, good. Chat assist, I think is going to be great because, well, that thing where people get all uppity because you sent them a message and there's no there's no tone to a text, but people hear tone yes. when they read a text. Yes. This is supposed to help avoid that so there's mm. no misunderstanding. Nobody can say, well, Scott's all mad at me and I'm not mad at you. This, I just replied <laughs> very emphatically. Could you imagine the suggestions were always just to add a smiley face at the end of it? <laughs> Scott, maybe instead of saying, fuck you, you could say, fuck you, smiley face. <laughs> well, I'm... I, I'm wondering how it's going to deal with the ones that drive us all crazy, like um, circling back on this, oh. a.k.a. since you fucking ignored me the first time. The passive-aggressive little tidbits. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It could probably make some adjustments there. Huh. The other part of it that it's going to have is it's an update to Android Auto that everybody will be able to get through a software update. It's going to automatically summarize your incoming text messages and suggest relevant replies. So... Maybe you're texting with someone who likes to send one thought per text and oh. you end up with like 15 text messages. We all know that one. It'll summarize all that for you and suggest I could reply with, I'll be home in whatever your ETA is. Okay. And it knows what your ETA is because it knows where you're going. Uh, if somebody sends you a grocery list, things to pick up on the way home, it'll summarize the list for you and suggest a reply like, no problem, I'll pick it up. Then it will suggest, would you like a map to the nearest grocery store or to the nearest Loblaw location? Although I hope nobody's doing that. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it seems like AI, through Samsung anyway, yeah. is taking a good step forward. Neat. That leads kind of well into this. Mm -hmm. Apparently Amazon mm -hmm. is considering ways to get us to pay to use Alexa. So back in September, Amazon had their annual new product launch. So that's when they always release these things. So back in September, they actually talked about AI-powered Alexa. Here we go again, right, with the AI-powered Alexa. Now, what does that mean? Because it's already kind of has AI technology. It does, but it doesn't. This one kind of goes above and beyond. And during the demonstration, uh, Dave Limp is his name. He's Amazon's devices chief. Dave a, Limp? Isn't that, a fun, isn't that a fun title, too? I'm the device chief. My name is Dave Limp. Uh, wow. he <laughs> Do people call him Limpy? Or they, is it Dave they, L? What do they, they call him? They should. Is, it, is, is his email D-Limp? <laughs> D-Limp, the old D-Limp says the, uh, the it has more human-like conversations, okay? So it's more conversational. Uh, it's a smarter Alexa than it is. But here's the thing, okay? So this is, the, this is where the uh, allegedly and reportedly comes into, into play. We're hearing that internally, the people working on this don't believe it's actually ready to be released yet. But Amazon still plans to go ahead with the launch of a subscription-based Alexa June 30th. So you have your Alexa now, which, by the way, in comparison, like... Google's better than Alexa for me. I think so, too. Google's better than Siri for me. Maybe Siri's a little better than Alexa. Like, Alexa's pretty low in the totem pole, my personal opinion, okay? I love Amazon in all the other ways, but Alexa, not that great. So, and and listens a lot. I mean, so do they all. So they all do, right? They're sure. all listening all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is Amazon we're talking about, so it's understandable. So people are already kind of afraid. So the people working on this say it's not actually ready. However, apparently they're still going to go through with a subscription-based personalized uh, Alexa June 30th is the launch date right now 
Um, they found the answers are still not meeting expectations, as again, it's according to reports. And as common with AI, generally, there's some inaccurate info being shared, and it's just it's not perfect because AI technology isn't, though. So I don't know if they expect it to be, but I guess it's supposed to hit a th- certain threshold, and it hasn't yet. But the personalization part is interesting to me, conversational, personalized. Uh, it could be, for example, you wake up and you could just be like, hey, good morning, Alexa, and let's say you have the subscription base. It'd be more like a, good morning, Scott. I hope you're doing well today. Just so you know, it's going to be minus 10 with the wind chill, so you better bundle up. Uh, Would you like me to turn on the kitchen lights for you? All that shit that you kind of tell Alexa to do, it will work its way, and it'll be a smarter, again, just a more personalized experience is the gist I'm getting. Okay, so we have AI, and we know eventually it'll be able to do this. Before they start trying to sell us subscriptions for shit, there's a few things it needs to be able to do. First off... If it's a personalized Alexa, it should know where I work. It should tell me, it will. hey, your drive to work is going to be 44 minutes today because yeah. of construction on yeah. the 401. Yeah. First thing, if I get a text message from my girlfriend saying, hey, it's taco night, but we need some black beans and seasoning, it should be able to do that, put it in a reminder in my phone so I get the pop-up, and even recommend where I could go that it's on sale right now to pick that oh, shit up. Oh, wouldn't that be good? All that sort of thing is possible. We just haven't bothered to do all the hard work to get it to that yeah. point. And until it does that, it's kind of useless to me. You wouldn't I mean, pay for it. I wouldn't pay for that. Yeah. Google is fine, but even Google has its limitations. When you search for something with Hey Google, great. It, it usually comes up with some pretty relevant stuff. Alexa's not as good when you're searching for stuff because it doesn't have that same access to the Google algorithm. I get so fucking mad at those systems too. I really do. I have the, uh, I've got the Hey Mercedes in my car, right? Ah, yes. It's what. Oh, you finally it, told people the new yeah, car you yeah, got. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a Hey Mercedes. Anyone who has a Mercedes, you know, it's, it's got this built-in system. It's, got, it's a system of its own, okay? It stands on its own. It's not, if you, if you go and plug in your phone and do Apple Play, you've got Siri in there. However, it, it can override it. So Mercedes is always there. And it's great. Mercedes tells you the weather and you change the interior lights and all that fun little things. I f- lost my shit, though. It's, it's Again, it's not perfect. Like You try to say, guide me to this place. Like, I can't understand you. Well, f- go fuck yourself. Then what are you good for? Like, I'm giving you the exact instructions. I want to go this place on this street. How hard is it? And I have that issue. I think all of them across the board I have an issue with in one way or another. Even my, like, Google hub. You know, I ask about something and they're like, here's what I found. But it's on the other side of the room. Like, I can't fucking see that far. Tell me what it says. Right. So there's little things that I'm nitpicky. I know. This is 2024. We're nitpicky about shit. But I'm a little nitpicky about that that kind of thing. So I am definitely not ready to pay for anything. If it's included, fine. Google, great. It can come in handy. Siri, same thing. But it's not a perfect technology. So I personally... If you want to know how I feel about it, I wouldn't pay for it either, guys. I really wouldn't because I think that there's going to be a lot of bugs first out of gate, uh, right out of the gate. Do you know Alexa? Have you had any encounters with her through what you do for TikTok? So you can look at, she's not allowed to say, she did sign an NDA, but you can, if you Google uh, enough, you'll find out who she is. And she actually actively works with Amazon, but she is not allowed to talk about it. Interesting. Um, someone outed her in a book and that's when it first happened. But internally in the voiceover community, we all know who she is. Yes. Huh. Now, I talked to Susan Bennett semi-often, who's a f- just a fucking great woman. She's so much fun. She's the original Siri. She's the one who was on the original iPhone, the very first Siri that there was. She's no longer Siri. Uh, she was the one that was a little sassy, a little bitchy, if I you remember, will. Yeah. yeah, it was fucking, she was the best Siri. It was great. She was, gave you attitude. It was awesome. 
So she tells me a lot of the insights when it comes to the people behind the voices. Uh, but there's a lot of NDAs, guys. There's a lot of shit that I can't say, that they can't say, that anyone can't say. And, and understandably, because these companies are very protective of their very expensive companies. So I, I don't know how in-depth she's working on this. I'd be curious to see um, and to learn a little bit more. I don't know if I'll find out. Uh, but what I will say about AI technology, if I may, for a second here. This is inside expert information from someone in the industry. Is it's, ha- it's happening so quickly. This I wouldn't be surprised if it starts to happen soon because it's so fast. I've worked with a company called Eleven Labs. And Eleven Labs is so cool, guys. Anyone can get into it. You can have an account. It's free to have an account. And you can put your voice on there and you can be your own voice assistant. But what they haven't done yet is put that into play for your devices. But it's coming. It's coming. So how would and that work? You, well, what, what does that mean? All you need to do is it, the technology has come so far where you can record. I'll give you an example right now that you can say because it's not too secretive because I got to be careful with some things. If you have CapCut, okay? CapCut is an editing software. It goes hand in hand with TikTok. It's actually all, also owned by ByteDance. So it's on your phone, right? Yes. That, that software? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's a very, very easy peasy editing software that you can get on your phone. CapCut, like I said, owned by ByteDance. So actually my Jesse voice is inside CapCut. And it's, apparently it's gone from some TikTok originals. You have to have CapCut to get it now for some people. Anyway, they now have a uh, voice myself. You, Scott, could just record a 30 second script and they give you the script to record. You record it. And then from then on, you could be in your own TikTok videos. So this kind of technology is really easy to use. Like I said, Eleven Labs is a company that's above and beyond with this stuff because they've taken this technology and tr- you could transform it into any language. And in real time, so I could sit there and be like, hey, this entire podcast, we could put in German. We could put it out today with my account on Eleven Labs. Do you think we'd get more downloads? We would. <laughs> Probably If would, you want to yeah. be in Germany, we could be in Germany. But that's what I mean is this technology is available. It's only a matter of time before we are able to be our own assistants. Would that weird you out if you were your own assistants? Instead of saying, hey, Alexa, you could say, hey, Scott. And it's you answering. Or maybe you do it because your mom. You rec- How cute would this be, guys? Record your mom doing the script, and then your mom becomes your voice assistant. Interesting. That'd be kind of interesting, oh right? Oh, my God. That'd be so cool. So these are the technologies that are coming to these devices, but they're not here yet. Is this a revenue opportunity for people in the, like, the voiceover community? Could you say, you know what? I'll record the 30-second script, and then you can have my voice as your personal assistant. Would I th- that ever happen? I mean, I think celebrities could definitely take advantage of it if, if there was an ability to do that. Right. Yeah, right, but right. here's the thing is you could steal it. And that's where the liability and this is where the legalities come into play. Because I could sit there and play a monologue of uh, Samuel L. Jackson and boom, next thing you know, I've got his voice on my TikTok videos too or my whatever, my posts, my my personal assistants. So I think there's so many legalities they have to work out that that's one of the reasons why the bigger companies like your Amazons and like your Googles haven't done that just yet because there's a lot of questions about it still. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of ramifications for them if it goes if it goes wrong. We are basically out of time, but I'm just going to run through a couple of things so that we can say we did. Uh, A House of Commons committee has agreed to get testimony from the federal ethics watchdog on the rules surrounding gifts, vacations, and travel as the controversy swirls around the prime minister's trip to Jamaica. This is interesting because they're actually going to let the federal ethics commissioner come in and explain what it is that they supervise. The prime minister said before he left, we cleared it with the ethics commissioner. Turns out the ethics commissioner doesn't pre-clear vacations, and it also turns out he wasn't paying for it himself. He was gifted it, and it was worth $85,000, this stay at that resort. So that's going to be awkward. Canada's financial intelligence agency, it's FinTrack, is sounding the alarm 
over the amount of illicit cash getting laundered through online gambling sites. What? Gambling to launder money? I would have never thought. Outrageous. In a newly published bulletin, FinTrack uh, reports an analysis from the Center of Canada says prospective money launderers have begun buying prepaid credit cards with their shady cash that they obtained through nefarious means. Then they deposit it into a gambling account (laughs) and then they can pull it out at any time and it's clean. Nobody asks, how did you uh, get this money? Because it's clean. It came right from BetMGM or, or whatever, FanDuel. That's how people are laundering money through gambling sites. And I'm not trying to give you guys any bad ideas. I'm just saying if you got to clean some money, you got to clean some money. <laughs> and it works. Uh, multiple sources reporting that Madrid is going to be added to the Formula One racing calendar. I don't watch Formula One, but I've got some friends who are like diehard. Yeah. And I have a feeling that when they find out it's going back to Madrid after 40 years with no F1 there, that's probably going to be a big deal. If it's not a big deal, I don't know. This only took up like 10, 15 yeah. seconds of your time. Uh, we can't always get it right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, one more thing that I want to mention here, and we will go out on this. Yesterday it was announced, Kate Middleton, the Princess of Wales and future Queen of England, underwent a an abdominal surgery at a private hospital in London She will recover there for the next 10 to 14 days. They're saying it was absolutely 100% not cancer because a lot of people were worried. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God, it must be cancer. It's not, but they did ask for a little bit of privacy. 10 to 14 days, I feel like, is a long recovery time in the hospital for someone who's getting world-class health care around the clock. I would assume she probably had some reproductive work done. Probably a hysterectomy or something be. like that. Yeah, it could be. Um, and it could be. In t- I suppose that also falls under like intestinal. I mean, it could be any number of things. But yeah, if it's hysterectomy, there's a there's a chance that that, that would make sense. Okay. Uh, I do like this. She's announced she won't be returning to her royal duties until after Easter. Perfectly understandable. She'll be in the hospital for two weeks. But also, Prince William is also taking the exact same amount of time off so that, A, he can be with Kate, and also so he can look after the kids while she recovers. Because, obviously, a mom who's just had abdominal surgery is not going to be able to handle three kids under eight years old. I'm telling you, major abdominal surgeries, I've been through two of them. They are, uh, yeah, they will absolutely stop you in your tracks. Absolutely. So you shouldn't be expected to do very much. And there's a lot of... New moms that go through that exact thing too, exact same thing too. So many layers that they go through with a C-section, so they know exactly what what I'm talking about. But understandable, good. Rest up, get better, and then she can get back at it. I wish her all the best. They've got endless resources and a ton of staff, and I like that Prince William said, "They're my kids. I'll stay home with them. I don't need the help to come in because my wife is recovering. Yeah. I'm going to take time off as That's well." That's nice. Yeah. So good for him. That seems like a great family. It's weird that we get healthcare news from the royal family because they are extremely secretive. I don't think we ever would have found out any details about what was being done to Queen Elizabeth when she was alive. But yesterday, an hour after that Kate Middleton release came down from Kensington Palace, Buckingham Palace announced the king would be undergoing a surgical procedure. That in itself is already more information than we would normally get. Normally, they aren't going to say the queen or king is going under surgery. However, in this case, not only did they admit the king is going to have surgery, they said why. And apparently it was the king himself that said 
go ahead and tell people what's going on because I want more men to hear this. He's got an enlarged prostate. He noticed some stuff wasn't working all that great down there, so he went and did what we're all supposed to do, guys. He went and got checked. They found out it's an enlarged prostate. Apparently, there's some surgical procedure you can have. I don't know how it works, but apparently it's extremely successful for the guys who have had it done, and it gets them back to a normal life. Mm -hmm. But if he hadn't got that tested, if he'd just dealt with it, God only knows what kind of a situation he'd be dealing with down the line. Yeah, I'm glad that they brought that up. I think for a couple of different reasons they did, one of which being... The the privacy, you know that they're going to be at hospital, so don't follow them around. And, and then there would be too much speculation, right? If you saw Kate Middleton going into a hospital or there's photographs of William entering it, I don't know where they're going. I assume it's a very private facility anyway. But if you saw that or if the media saw that, then all these stories would start to unfold, right? What's wrong with King Charles too? King Charles was spotted here. Is he going to die? Like, you don't want all that shit. So if you tell them straight up, and I'm glad that he did. I want to mention one more thing for the guys because you mentioned that. I'm glad you did. Get yourself checked. Men are way less likely to go get themselves checked even when they know something isn't right than women. There's blood work tests you have to do. You don't even need to get a uh, finger up the butt anymore. You can do it via blood work, so don't be too afraid. You can I the, request the finger up the if butt? You really, <laughs> listen, if you want the bang for your buck that is a little slap of the glove as you bend over, by all means, you can ask your doctor. I'm not sure if they'll do it or not, but it's actually, there's certain, there's a way more that's detectable by blood now than there ever was. Thanks. Thanks for modern medicine and technology. It's great, but please don't be afraid of that because it will save lives. Think of the people around you. Don't be selfish. Think of the people that need you. Don't think about yourself. Get yourself checked guys. Yeah. Really is important. Okay. This is the last one. Uh, two big U.S. sandwich chains are coming to Canada big time. I think they smell blood in the water. People have had enough of Subway. That confusing new menu that they put out with new names. I don't know what was wrong with cold cut combo and ham, turkey, uh, tuna, but they decided to change the names and now you order by number and it's all fucked up. I haven't been to Subway. I'm sorry. I've been there once since they changed the menu and it was weird for me. So I haven't gone back. And I think there's a lot of people like that. Wow. Well, Jimmy John's is going to come and try and take on the sandwich network in Canada This is the first Jimmy John's to open up outside of America. It's going to open up in the GTA this year. Then they're going to open up locations across Canada. The other one is Jersey Mike's Subs. They have two locations in Ontario now. They've announced they're opening up 300 Canadian restaurants over the next few years. Yeah. Great. Americans are good at sandwiches. I don't know what the difference is between us and them, but they figured out a long time ago, It's the oil that makes a difference. The sandwich oil. Here we call it like sub sauce, secret sauce, shit like that. It's really just oil. And and the Americans are Mm. good at it. Mm. So if you get a chance to try Jimmy John's, do it. I haven't had Jersey Mike's, nearest I can tell, but... I'm, uh, I'll try it. Absolutely. It's not far away from here. Um, we d- I did get a DM from a friend when you we were talking about it on the show. It's on, uh, It's on. if you're listening from Kitchener, because I know we have a fair amount of KW uh, area listeners. It's on Fairway Road. It's open now. Oh, fantastic. Go check it out. I could do Go that. Go see. I could do that before the London show, after the podcast. And, uh, <laughs> you can squeeze it a few minutes to go down there, can't you? Have yourselves a fantastic day, everybody. We will catch you right back here tomorrow. Special guest tomorrow. If you're in university either as a student or as a staff member or a prof. Tune in tomorrow. Sandra Ziskin from Diamond and Diamond is going to be on updating the class action lawsuits that have been filed against multiple universities in Ontario for failing to protect their Jewish student and staff population. Mm -hmm. 
That's going to be a really interesting call. We'll find out how it's going and what the prospects of winning are with Sandra Ziskin tomorrow. Bye, friends. Have a good one. For the first time in nearly a decade, Kraft Singles is releasing new flavors, jalapeno, garlic, and herb, and caramelized onion. Uh, This is in addition to their original flavor, Melty Car Tire. (laughs) LG has unveiled the world's first transparent OLED TV. Perfect for anyone who loves watching TV, but also loves watching the wall behind their TV. A reptile wrangler in Australia was recently called after a mother found a venomous snake in her son's underwear drawer. Said her son, "Uh, she didn't find anything else in there, did she? Well, listen to this. I read that scientists in Washington State conducted an experiment with mice to discover why weed makes people hungry. That story again. Scientists spent six months blowing bong hits onto mice. (laughs) 